You can trust me. Okay, can I? Because the last time I left you in charge of something. Ugh! This is about those stupid Tamagotchis? Actually, it is. Okay, guys, you left me with six of them, David. Taking care of that many is like a full-time job. I left you with six adult Tamagotchis in perfect health. Welcome to Back in My Day. This is the podcast where the some not-so-stereotypical millennials talk all things nerdy from our childhood in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and uh, we also take a look ahead today. Once again, I am lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. <laughs> Andy and Walter. Gentlemen, uh, Happy New Year. I know um, a couple weeks back we uh, spoke about 1995, which was super exciting, so that was <laughs> a fun way to look uh, way back. And uh, this year, this episode actually is we're going to look back at 2020. Um, hopefully a good look back at 2020. You know, we had a decent amount of TV, movies, and games to, uh, to watch and play. So I think the bright spots uh, of being stuck at home and all that was we had a lot of, or a decent amount of opportunity, I think, to do that. Um, not exactly the ideal scenario to put our, to everyone to be in, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So our 2020 lists, um, Mike, it's your favorite thing to make lists. So it is, uh, this is, and if I was <laughs> ranking 2020, it would be very close to the bottom. If I was ranking years, 2020, <laughs> would it even make there? an honorable mentions no. list even at all? No. Like, I know there were some bad years in history, but 2020 is, is, is down there. But for us, this is this is right at the bottom, mm -hmm. right in the in the barrel. Yeah. So we have. Um, I, I did top fives. We did top fives, I believe. Right. Everyone, we have yep. a top five top list fives. of TV shows, video Hard games. Hard to go much more than that, given uh, I, you know the what? content that's out there. Yeah, with the content that's out there, and honestly, like you know, we don't play or watch everything, right? Mm -hmm. So there's only so much you can you can. Put I think on. personally, I spend more time catching up on stuff I missed than actually going through like 2020 stuff. Man, but, same uh, here. Same here. For and even recently, I watched all the Indiana Jones movies. And when I say all, I mean the first three. Um, it's always a race at the end of the so year. So all of them. So all of them, yeah. So every single one. <laughs> every last minute of every Indiana Jones movie was watched in those three movies. <laughs> I always do the same thing as you guys. And I always spend the October, November, December trying to catch up on all the, the things I've missed and all the movies that are uh, getting all the buzz and everything. So I think I have a pretty yeah, good yeah. list, but yeah, it's based on an incomplete sampling. We'll say, as, exactly. As before, exactly. Right? As incomplete as you could possibly yeah. get, I think, which uh, automatically just, all right. Or does it even matter what we pick? No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So we're going to start with, uh, with TV. Actually, there's a decent amount of, I mean, there's been really good TV over the last, let's say five to 10 years, at least. It's usually a pretty difficult category to sort of rank. So um, let's jump right in. Um, I guess you know what I'll, I'll start with my uh, with my number five. I doubt this is on either of your lists uh, here, but uh, Big Mouth. I know Mike. Hmm. I don't know that you love this show. I think you said you tried it and you didn't love it. I still love it. I think um, the first two seasons, especially, are just like insanely brilliant. Uh, I think it had a bit of a lull after that, and then this season uh, had a lot of fun, interesting ideas and stuff. It's all about kids growing up and puberty and anxiety and a really, really super goofy way of, uh, of me, of doing that. And I find big mouth an awesome show. I think it's hilarious. 
think it's one of the best cartoons out there in the last few years. And um, I think this was season four, I believe. But uh, yeah, anyway, still one of my favorite shows. And I just finished watching the most recent season and loved it. So yeah, Big Mouth would be my number five. choice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's that's definitely one I haven't gotten to, but now that you recommend it, I'm gonna give it a go on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, so it's super ridiculous, super over the top and goofy. Um, but they did a lot of different things, I think, and they actually went even more goofy this season. But to me, it, it worked. It doesn't work for everybody, mm-hmm. which is totally fair. I don't think that it's a it's a comedy that works for everyone. But uh, but yeah, anyways. So that's mine. Uh, Ian, what about you? What's your number five? Okay. Well, this one is definitely going to fit in with the back in my day team and that's Cobra Kai. There is no bad, only weak, but strong. What are you, Tango and Cash? Yeah, no, Tango and Cash were narcotics detectives. Oh, I'm sorry. You do realize neither one of you are cops, right? I thought we were the good guys. We try to be. There's one thing I do know for sure. You can't run away from your problems. I might never be able to... Quiet! Never. Can't. Those are just words. They're meaningless. At oh, season three nice. this year. Um, I really like this show. I didn't expect really much out of it. I think it started on YouTube and then now it's since moved over to Netflix. So we know the budget and everything is going to only get uh, bigger and, you know, hopefully more... Uh, more entertaining and more exciting. But uh, the first three seasons have been pretty cool. And it's basically, if anyone doesn't know, Cobra Kai is the antagonist faction of the karate kid of the uh, Miyagi-Do, you know, dojo. So uh, from Karate Kid. So all of the original, it takes place in the same universe as the original Karate Kid, but in the modern day time. So still uh, reprising Ralph Maggio, reprising Danny LaRusso, and then the main character in Cobra Kai is actually William uh, Zabka's character, Johnny Lawrence. So he's coming back and, uh, you know, he's obviously still living his life as a sort of the loser from the, the Karate Kid films, but it gives you that whole other side perspective of the, the villain, so to speak, and, and gives you, you know, a bit more in-depth of what's going on and maybe not, maybe gives you a little bit more sympathy for Cobra Kai, if that makes any sense. Cool. I need to. I need to watch this. I've heard so many good things. I might, might yeah, be on my list. I watched it, but I like that. Yeah. I would recommend watching the original three films, at least the first one. Cool. Uh, but there's definitely when you, it, it's not like it's necessary because they do throw flashbacks to the original films. So it's not like uh, you'd be totally lost if you'd never seen a Karate Kid film because they do right. throw in the flashbacks here and there. But it gives you a little bit more of an appreciation for. What they're trying I haven't to seen. Do. Yeah, I haven't seen them in so long. I feel like I'd want to at least watch the first one again. I mean, that's the one that I think everyone. Has I think seen, the first one but... is is definitely essential viewing if you're going to okay. really appreciate what they're trying to do with Cobra Kai. And then if you want, if you really like the movie, then part two and part three are out there as well. And then they made another one in the '90s that oh, also exists in the know. same universe. Yeah, it was like the one with the. It was no longer Daniel Russo. It was like a new uh, protagonist mm-hmm. character, a, okay. a girl. Hilary Swank, I and think. she was also get yeah Hilary Swank, and she oh, was getting trained really? by oh geez. she was also getting trained by Miyagi. Now, uh, to my knowledge, they haven't really brought that uh, film into relevance for the show's purposes, mm-hmm. but definitely the original three Karate Kid films are uh, are a part of it. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, Mike, this is viewing we got to catch yeah, up on. I think we both actually, I feel, it feels like it's something we both like too. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to 
that'll be something we have to catch two, up on. Two so. good choices. By both yeah. Of Mike, how about you, man? All right. So, um, yeah, Dave, as Dave mentioned, this is the era of peak TV. There's like just excellent television on right now that rivals, you know, the quality of movies. And I, I, I personally love the peak TV era. I love those kind of shows like the Game of Thrones and stuff like that. And so um, my number five is actually a new HBO, BBC production, co-production, uh, His Dark Materials, based on the oh, cool. Philip Pullman uh, fantasy book series. And so it's, it, it could be the next you know, HBO Game of Thrones if enough people watched it. it. But it's the quality of that. It's the budget of that. It's got great actors. It's, it's this awesome, like really creative and unique fantasy setting. The acting is really good. Um, so yeah, it, but it, it's more kid friendly than than Game it of Thrones. It is, yeah. So yeah, we're watching this too. We're watching this too. Yeah, I, I absolutely I like love it. it. I really I like it. it. It's yeah. it's epic television, and it's the writing is awesome. The world is so like flushed out, and because it's from the book series, yeah. right? it's so deep and dense. The material, so it's it's really really good. I don't know if enough people are watching it. Maybe it's more popular in like Britain than it is here, but. Right. Um, I hope the show continues. I hope it gets to go through the entire book series. I did read some of the book series when I was younger, so I'm familiar with it. And I'm, I saw the, the Golden Compass movie was also based on this book series. It was kind of a, a flop. So I'm glad that the, the, the classic books are like being done justice on uh, HBO over here in, in Canada. So yeah, yeah, check that out if you haven't checked it out. It's called His Dark Materials. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's really, really good. Um, we're almost through a second season, yeah. right? We're almost through the second season. We have just like- Yeah, the first season didn't make my list last year, but we really liked it. I just missed the cut. But the second season, it had to set up the kind of world and you were kind of thrown into mm-hmm. it. So now that, that it's all set up, the second season really could take all the things that the, the ground uh, work that the first season did and sort of like- expand on it and really dive into the yeah. larger story. There's so, way more going yeah, on. Way more There's going way on. more going it's, on. It's great. Season, yeah. I would recommend it. It's yeah. not yeah. super long. I agree. So. I used to be all over the HBO scene and now I'm like only, you know, I'm a slower to get to all these mm. uh, great HBO shows. Yeah. But it's, it's almost is, the is only stuff that, that I watch now. <laughs> a, yeah. Is it one of those that's a bit of a slow burn in terms of like you were saying the first season? Is a little, the first season has a uh, lot of, of... Slow to um, get off the ground? Yeah. The first season has a lot of like groundwork to lay and a lot of like uh introducing people to the world because it's not like it does not like our world it's like a completely different universe and the rules every, just almost every idea is unique yeah yeah so it does so they have to do a lot of but that. it's only eight episodes in every episode i think it's eight or nine episodes every episode is very like epic like a lot happens there's always like this big cliffhanger yeah. so it's not like a slow burn but it just it just has to this first season has to do a little bit of setting up that's all there's a lot of exposition at right. least for like 10 minutes of each episode at least yeah. because it just has to be because like Mike said, there's just so much going on, um, but it's worth it. I think it's worth the investment for sure. I think that that's uh, it's a solid, solid show and it looks great. Like it, the, the animals in it, the way that they have the animals yeah, the demons, and the way that they voice yeah. act them and stuff are, it's incredible. It's and you can tell the budget right. like, got bigger between seasons. Cause there's more of the yeah. de- demons that are de- the, de- the on, demons. Uh, yeah. I love, season, I love, so. I love the, the one that follows her, mm-hmm. the little sort of ferret or whatever. I wanted him more in the first season and it's exactly what they do in this one. And I like, he's like my favorite part, um, his little character and stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great show. Like I put pan, that on, pan on my sort of, and pan, pan. Yeah. I put that on my little short list of honorable mentions nice. is that show. Yeah. Right. I really, really like cool. it too. 
All right, my number four, uh, speaking of HBO, is The Flight Attendant. Nice. Which was a show that I knew almost nothing about. And I knew, I didn't know what, like, I didn't know what it was about at all. And I didn't even know that it was on. I was like, oh, sure, we'll try this. I like thrillers. Let's just try that. And, uh, you know, I really don't, you know, I don't know if I'm on the same page as most people, but like, I really, really disliked Big Bang Theory. So I was like, ah, I don't really want to watch her in another show because that show annoys me. Um, but she's fucking fantastic in this show. And I think that uh, she sells it for sure. She, she really sells the point home of this, of this concept of the show that she is a flight attendant that meets someone while she's flying to Bangkok. And then she wakes up the next morning beside him and he's dead. And then it just, Damn. and it just flows from there. Um, that's a very, very simple way and something, a concept that you've seen in a show or a movie before, but how they handle it and where they go with it to me was, was great. I, I don't think it's like a hundred percent unique, um, but I really like the way it was shot. I thought it was really interesting. I think it has one of the best intros that I've ever seen in a TV show. It feels like an old school, like fifties spy movie thing, mm. um, which is really cool. It's all cartoon and sort of hand drawn and stuff like that, but Great music, great acting. I think the story is great. Um, it's not too long. Same thing with the, his Dark Materials. I think it's seven or eight episodes, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's a one and done <laughs> series kind of thing. So which, which yeah, I was going to ask. So. so it's a standalone. Uh, I, I think season. it is. I think that's the plan. I don't know again if it did well or if there's ever a plan for something. But it is based on a book, and I think it's just a one book. It's not a series or anything. So. Um, cool. Yeah, that's the flight attendant. I love that show. Yeah, we great. watched that too. Very, very. I'm, very I'm learning new things in this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> we watched that too. And, that uh, too. Wife Power said that would be high on her list. Didn't quite make my list, but it is very good. Pretty, yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah. Ian, four. Uh, number four. All right. Well, I'll 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 touch into the HBO stuff that I'm just finally getting around to, which I thought, uh, and this is probably on other people's list as well, but I thought Lovecraft County was a really cool show. Um, something that took some sort of uh, older mythology from like, you know, the Lovecraftian uh, theme and, and brought it into the 21st century kind of thing. So yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it's kind of one of those things is like, in a lot of these, uh, especially fantasy uh, genres, um, sometimes you have to be able to separate, separate the art from the artist. Uh, when you know when you find uh, that you have these rich um, worlds and themes and stuff, and then maybe the the creators themselves aren't uh, the the best uh, example of a human being, but uh, but you know you, when you have something like this show that's come out of it that's been inspired by uh, sort of these Lovecraft horrors, um, it you can really see how you can just take something and run with it, and make it relevant, and make it. Uh, mean something to people so yeah so i thought uh, all the it was cool to see all those sort of ancient uh, cthulhu type monsters popping up on uh, live action and also dealing with the uh, more relevant um, society themes as well uh, so yeah i thought uh, lovecraft county was a great pretty, show pretty great cool show. show i watched that too yeah um, lovecraft country right yeah I think it's yeah. country, actually. Is it different. country? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it is love, country. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you say county? Like Man, said, you know how many I'm times I messed that up just watching it? I was like, yeah. I don't know why, for some reason, county just feels... Yeah, sorry. Right? Lovecraft Country, and it uh, was a show created by Misha Green. And man, it, when oh. I saw that this show was like Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, that was, and uh, yeah, Misha Green combining to make the show, I was like, man, I'm in. And I, I, I liked it, but I would say 
probably my biggest, it was also my di- biggest disappointment of the year because it didn't make my top five because it was, I found it, it started off really well. And I was like, holy crap, this is this year's Watchmen. This is gonna be the best show of the year. But it for me, it was really up and down in its later episodes. Like, See, so you mentioned Watchmen. Watchmen was 2019, Yeah, right? that was my last year. So I'm, I'm yeah. like I said, I'm late to all these HBO series. I thought for sure, like if it was a 2020 show, that would be up there in my top five for Watchmen because I, I just got around to that this year, this past year, and uh, that show. Was I think incredible. Watchmen was our show of year last year. And, oh it was. God, yeah, yeah, that's was. right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, it might be my favorite thing. show of all time. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's very I close. And Mike, I had the same, same opinion about Lovecraft is that the first few episodes were fantastic. And then all the other ones are kind of like, I like this. I Yeah, I'm not sure. I like yeah. this. I'm not sure. There was a couple later in the season that were like really, really good. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I really loved the beginning and then was sort of lukewarm on the rest of it. For, Pretty for sure part we talked it. about it on the podcast it, after we watched the first episode and we were loving it. Yeah. Man, the first couple episodes are still worth a watch. Amazing. Still worth a watch, I find. It just didn't crack my top five. And another one that's like really well done and like... Yeah amazing acting honestly like just yeah, incredible right. acting in it they're like really giving it their all and everything so yeah, yeah and by coincidence great. i've been playing some games that touch with those like lovecrafting themes and that's uh there's a game called elder sign that i've been playing it's a board game and it deals with uh basically these explorers wandering a mansion basically trying to prevent these ancient horrors from uh coming into our world and taking over kind of thing so nice yeah, yeah when you were mentioning yeah, cool. separating art from artists nothing against anyone involved for the show like peel or jj abrams that's directed at hb lovecraft who was an asshole right no so, yeah, yeah sorry i and yeah i should have i should have specified yeah. but basically it's it's kind of cool when you think of you know it's it's like i'll use harry potter as an example okay there's so many harry potter fans out there um at this point the the world of the wizarding world has sort of started to transcend J.K. Rowling and, and as in a similar way that Star Wars has moved away from George Lucas. I mean, these people start something, but then it makes such an impact on the world. And then, it, you know, there are ways to kind of keep it relevant and other creators come in and play, uh, play around in that sandbox and, and kind of keep it, keep it yeah. Uh, yeah. new and fresh. Yeah. I would like, uh, yeah, I that. All right, so I'll go on to my number four. Uh, my number four show of 2020 was The Boys Season 2. Homelander, wow, you're... It's, it's an honor, sir. Wait. Hold on. You can tell it's me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's impressive. And you don't need super eyes when you have super ears. Can I just say, that is amazing. And you, my friend, are a true hero. Not because of what you do for a job, but well, because of what you've overcome. Thank you. That means everything coming from you. Oh, stop it. Come on. Hey, guys, um, I just have one question, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So, uh, what happens if, uh, I don't know, I do this? So I love me some comic book television, uh, the Boys on Amazon Prime, first season, I think we made my list last year. Incredibly funny, also incredibly dark and violent and adult. It's like the postmodern uh, superhero story. You know, it's like uh, the cynical look on superheroes, which was also kind of what Watchmen is. And it's it's been a thing that's been around in comics for a long time, but now it's finally hitting, you know, shows and movies. And it's sort of like, what if these people with powers weren't always 
super good hearted. You know what I mean? That's that's basically the premise of it. And and what 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 could happen? And in a rated R movie, they could really or show they could really take it to the extreme, and they do in this show. They they take it to the extreme, but it's also um, insanely funny and really well made and really well acted, and also has a, a, like a social commentary and has a lot to say, especially especially this season. So. All in all, I thought it was excellent. I, I love where su- this superhero comic book TV is going. It's another example. I, said, I think I said it last year. A rare example of a, of a property uh, that like the show transcends the book even. like it's be- I, I've read the mm. book and I think the show is better than the book, which I don't say very often. So That's pretty cool. Uh, I would, yeah, not many people would say that about a lot of material yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would definitely recommend checking out The Boys, especially if you've got sort of superhero fatigue comic book fatigue fatigue or, and you're tired of watching all these things the boys puts a different whole different angle on it and, and i think you'll like it so yeah. yeah check it out no that's a good that's a good pick the boys would probably make my list probably beating out lovecraft country and cobra kai but i'm not finished season two. oh gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah ah, there you go there's um, the but, catch but yeah <laughs> so, so i mean I'm, I'm working my way through a lot of tv these, man no one blames you there's tons of TV. yeah it's just too much yeah okay my uh my next one will uh peak Mike's interest, I think, a little bit. It's How To With John Wilson is my number three. Um, Completely random show. Another one that just does not, is 100% not for everybody. There's no way. Um, I watched the first 15 minutes with the wife and she's like, yeah, I can't watch this anymore. (laughs) She just couldn't do it. It's just made her too uncomfortable, I think. Um, But I find it amazingly fascinating i think that this guy the way that he put this show together alone is just incredible and it's and if you haven't seen it it's very difficult to explain is the problem that's why it's kind of hard to sell basically he picks a topic i would assume i don't know how we put this together because i haven't exactly dug deep into it but he picks a topic like um, what was the one scaffolding Mike, the, uh, for example scaffold, how to put how to put up scaffolding which is a great episode i love that episode. So just scaffolding that's just the topic is it just scaffolding yeah. yeah so you know how to whatever maybe it is so up, yeah it's, just, it's an episode yeah, all about put scaffolding. Up or how, how to do scaffolding yeah. or something and so the topic is about scaffolding and it starts that way and he points out the fact that in new york city where he's doing all the filming there's scaffolding everywhere and there's a law as to why and all that kind of stuff and then it just goes into a million different directions within 20 minutes like you i look at the end of the episode and i go that was only 20 or 23 minutes and it seems like you've been sitting there for an hour with all these ideas and people that he meets and it's all first person he's almost never on camera the entire show and it's him just talking to people and taking tangents based on things that they've stories that they've told him and just going from thing to thing to thing and eventually at the end of the episode it all loops a little bit back to the first point that he's making but really it's not about the topic of the title of that episode. It's more about people. It's more about what it means, what scaffolding quote unquote stands for or what it could mean in our society and stuff. Like, I don't know. I find it hilarious that he's so awkward. I find it hilarious that he obviously has some sort of script or point form notes as he's narrating the entire episode, but he fumbles over his own words and stuff. And I find that just hilarious. And Mm. I know it probably took this guy a couple years to get all this footage and i'm sure everyone that you see in the episodes that he talked to he probably talked to 20 other people that he just didn't use but the characters that he chooses to make each episode to me is just it's perfect i i think this show is like 
is hundred is so fucking brilliant that I just I'm gonna I just want to watch it again. Like it's just so so good. Yeah, I was so who, who's surprised. the host? Sorry? How to with John Wilson. Oh, yeah, it's uh, if you like Nathan for you and that kind of humor, it's what I would say like kind of cringe humor. It's a little um, bit cringe, yeah. You would in Nathan Fielder, star of Nathan for you, which is actually one of my favorite shows of all time. I think is maybe the funniest show ever made. Is the producer on that show on the How to? So it's that kind of humor if you know if you've seen it. So not definitely not for a lot of people. Like like you, Dave. My wife hates that kind of stuff, so she would hate the show. She yeah. hated Nathan for you even though I think it's the funniest thing ever. And you recommended it to me, I don't know, last time we recorded or something. And I watched a few episodes and yeah, it's right up my alley too, the humor. And it's so bizarre and out there and weird and awkward. You have to be into that kind of stuff. But if you are, you're just going to love it. Yeah. All right, Ian, uh, what's your next one? Number three. So where are we at? Okay, yeah. So definitely going to go with Ozark, season three. Um, the whole oh show. Oh my god, that series. was 2020. I know. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago, man. <laughs> like what the hell? What a year. <laughs> oh my god. I think I was watching that like before all this shit went down. But yeah. Oh my god, I um, completely forgot that was this year. That was a great. It was a great yeah. season. I like that season. I thought it was great. Yeah, I love it. So I'm, the whole the whole series is pretty awesome, and uh, it looks like it's probably going to be done after a fourth season. I think. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so where they finished off was definitely in an interesting spot, especially when you consider that. They're going to try and wrap it up in one season. I don't know if it was intentional that they're going to wrap it up in one season or whatever, but uh, uh, either way, Jason Bateman, uh, Laura Linney, you know, their whole family dynamic, making it as uh, criminals in the Ozark, um, in the in the rural area of Ozark, um, is pretty. It's a pretty cool premise for a show, and uh, a lot of good drama in there. So yeah, yeah it's Ozark. a good show. It's a good show for sure. Mike, what about you? All right, my uh, number three pick is another HBO show, actually an HBO Max show, Raised by Wolves. So another, like, this one I actually think um, even more than... I'm excited to see Even more than His Dark Materials could be the next Game of Thrones. It's, um, yeah, it's bought you by Ridley Scott. uh, So it's got that pedigree. My all-time favorite. Yeah, all-time favorite. Honestly, you'd love it. It's the... it's the science it's science fiction tv it's like science fiction game of thrones i guess you know what i mean it's really deep deep dense science fiction uh, and done really well with it on hbo with all the budget and you know stuff that that brings to the show so check it out i don't want to say too much because i don't want to i don't really want to give away anything about it you know i just want yeah, to say it just comes down to accessibility for me i just need to get my hands on HBO yeah, Max. yeah I, I just want to say it's a ridley scott science fiction tv show that is excellent. And that's all anyone should really need to know. So there you go. And I, I've just been bitter with the whole HBO max thing because we don't get it in Canada. Yeah. They kind of screwed, so, screwed us there, but yeah. um, we would love to get you in Canada, HBO max. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> it's got all the Warner brothers stuff on it. Just make it next easier, year. please. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's Warner brothers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's AT&T Warner. Yeah. yeah check out Raised by um, Yeah. Mike, you, you told me about this months ago and I just never got around to it for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I, it looks, it looks great. It looks Awesome. It looks like definitely something I would like want to watch. It's like his dark materials where it's like, it's not a slow burn. Every episode is like crazy yeah. stuff happens. Every episode. That's, That's short awesome. season. And the science fiction is like, like so well. It's like classic Ridley Scott. Like, like yeah. one of, some of his I think best I mentioned work, to you right? at one point, 
I was flipping channels when I was on vacation, uh, you know, back when this show started. Back when we I think. could go on vacation? Yeah, and, uh, and basically it was somewhere in the middle. It wasn't the first episode. <laughs> like, you know, you can tell when it's yeah. like, it, I could tell it wasn't the first episode. Yeah. But it was just way too deep already. Where oh, yeah, was you would not. Was you like, would I can't not. watch this. I can't the watch first, this. No, <laughs> no, yeah. oh, 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 no, no. Don't do it. Now, the first episode <laughs> is like insanely epic. So, so. I think a lot of people got their hopes up really, really high the first episode. It's actually probably one of the best pilots I've ever, ever seen. And the whole season isn't as good as that first episode, but it's still really good. And to me, I know a lot of people don't agree, but to me, it's one of the best shows of the year. And it's, so it's number three for me. Awesome. I'm going to, um, I'm going to do my number two, which will likely be one or two on both of your lists. Right. <laughs> and you guys can make fun of me for what my number one is, or at least, uh, oh, I know what you're. I know where you're going with this. I wonder uh, why. So my number two is the gun. Yeah. So my number two is the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, this is the second year in a row that, despite how amazing this show is and how I think the second season's improved over the first, is still not my number one. Um, last year it was my number five, which I didn't realize. What? Which is so. Oh. Which I I didn't realize. I I don't know why it was so quote unquote low. Um, but we've talked about the Mandalorian like crazy, yeah. you know, we had separate episodes just on it in yep. both seasons and stuff. So there's only so much we can say on top of it. Um, but, uh, but it's you. a fantastic show, right? I mean, it's like an incredible show. So, um, I don't know if you guys want to reveal what, what spot it's in or not, but for me, it's number two. I want to jump in and say it's also my number two and it was my number two last year. Oh. And it was my number one up for up until I watched so this is a tease for my number one. Mandalorian was the number one spot up until just like a last week or a week and a half ago when I caught up oh, on I caught geez. up on I caught up on a show that I don't know if you guys have seen, but I, I'll reveal it to you guys when I go by number one. That's some recency bias yeah, I'm so, calling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mandalorian <laughs> season two is my number number two as well. Number two as well. Okay. Um Ian, okay. I assume it's your number one. Um yeah, so I'll just jump in with my number two and then maybe we, I'll I'll say a couple things about Mando to ra- to wrap it up. But uh my number two is something that uh I also got late on, but it's it counts as 2020 because I believe they just finished their series and won a bunch of Emmys for it. Shit's Creek. He's the only attractive person on here, David. What did you want me to do? Well then go on a date with him. I can't. Fine, then don't. Okay, but I want to, David. Oh my God, Alexis, I am suffering. Yeah, that show uh, just, I can't get enough of that show now that we've sort of discovered it in my household. It's like, it's just like a nonstop kind of binge and uh, we're, we're done it now, but we also want to go back and restart it just because when we first were being told to watch the show, we had no interest. So we uh, threw Same. on, watched maybe like one, two, maybe even three episodes of it initially. And we're just like, yeah, it's not really for me. And uh, they just didn't really catch on. And then for some reason, I guess because of quarantine and just sitting around wanting to, you know, everyone just keeps saying, oh, it's awesome and it's winning all these awards. So we gave it another go. And it it really is one of those shows that grows on you because the characters, all the actors are so committed to their characters. There's great character development in there. um, And there's great uh, sort of awkward humor kind of, a societal uh, comedy going on, going on inside of Schitt's Creek. So it's about a family that was rich and then they basically go broke and uh, have to make it in a small town, uh, running a motel and, and doing uh, various other things to get by. So Solid, it's one of the, some of the best Canadian content you could possibly. Oh yeah. yeah. I I mean, Levy's Eugene Levy and his son, 
and Dan Levy are just like crushing it on that show for sure. But all I, of them, I they, love you know, show. Catherine O'Hara and everyone else is everyone has their own place in that show. I'm so glad so. you said that show because as three Canadians, we never put that show on our list, and it deserves yeah. to to be on someone's list. So, oh yeah, man, it, it grew on me. I had no interest in it yeah. until this year, and then and 100 man, that was that was me. And now it's like can't get enough of it. Right. Yeah, the first couple seasons, I was like, I don't need to watch this. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just another Canadian comedy trying to get make its way kind of thing which is honestly is not a high batting average yeah and then i started watching it i think i watched part of the third season i want to say i watched a few episodes and i go oh man this is this is great this is hilarious this is great and then i like you i went back and i started it and sort of finished it since then i love it it's great I, mike's right yeah. thank god you mentioned it <laughs> <laughs> that's good so love then i don't know so are we done our number twos or are we have mine's mando yeah oh we're done so yeah. I, i'll just i'll just finish off with my number one so the mandalorian we've talked about it ad nauseum you know another star wars episode mm-hmm. on back in my day but uh no seriously <laughs> Wait, it is like star wars no um it's something truly special it's uh, you know all of our love for Star Wars, but now on the sort of small screen, so to speak, um, in the live action sphere, it's just like it's something that I never really. And now it makes me excited for everything else to come out of even Marvel Studios and everything else, just because um, you know I think certain shows like Game of Thrones have have established that you can really do some high quality content on uh, on a, ser- a television series. Um, but now, especially with like the stuff that they're doing with the volume and they're making Star Wars uh, with maybe not as big a budget as the films, but it still seems like it fits with uh, within the universe, uh, within the galaxy. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a really special show for me. And uh, especially that, that last season finale of season two was, I think, my favorite episode to date. So I definitely yeah. wanted to check out if you haven't, uh, had any sort of exposure with Star Wars? You're not really into it. It's still a decent show to check out. And how'd you make it into this into this sh- podcast without watching Star Wars? <laughs> I know, seriously. What are you still doing here? Go and go watch what the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no question. Like, there, there's no, there's no argument whatsoever. Again, we we've talked Regar- about so many regardless times. of we- mine and Dave's choices. I think we could all give Mandalorian the the show of the year from the podcast. I think as a whole. so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. I would have, like, there's no way that we could question yeah. that whatsoever. So, Well, when you consider um, the yeah. consensus, I mean, I'm assuming you guys have different number ones, so it kind of makes do. sense yeah. from a consensus standpoint. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we do. So, repeat, you know, congrats, Mr. Uh, Mr. Favreau and, and the team uh, that put together. Obviously, you're listening, so congrats. You are our show of the year, again, for two years running. Um, I don't know about John Favreau, but Dave Filoni is dead. Filoni at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> at least that. Um, okay. So me and Mike have our number ones. Uh, Ian, I'm going to let Can't you choose who you want to say, who, which one you want number one to be first. Who do you want I to, want to hear? To? I want to hear from Dave. <laughs> I don't okay. know why. Well, I like somehow we both teased way. ours. So let's, let's get yeah, I feel Mike. I think mine. So Mike is from very recent, at least recent viewing. Mine is from way further back. Mine is from when all the shit hit the fan in 2020, and this sort of got me through every Monday when it was released, or maybe it was Tuesday. Uh, it's the Last Dance. When Scotty came back, Dennis wanted to take a vacation. <laughs> I come to practice. Phil calls me and says, oh, "Look, you know, Dennis wants to tell you something." <laughs> Hours. She leaves that room, goes straight to the airport, boom. They don't hear her and see Dennis for 48 hours. 
But I remember that. I went to the fucking Vegas. <laughs> he didn't come back on time. We had to go get his ass out of bed. And here comes Michael, like, pushing me back on the floor, wanting to play a little one-on-one, wanting to see where his game was. I was better than he was for about two weeks. Michael Jordan's the only player that could ever turn it on and off, and he never freaking turned it off. Jordan, look at that! Oh, right. This is, this is probably, I mean, this, no, this probably is the best sports documentary I have ever seen. I have ever seen. I ended that 10th episode and immediately watched the first episode once again uh, about, you know, an hour later or something. I think, like, I'm not the biggest basketball fan. We were just a little bit too young, just a tiny bit too young to be mm. in the whole sort of spectrum of the, of the Bulls and Michael Jordan and all that stuff. In the mid-90s, I think later on is when we sort of probably latched onto it a little bit more. But regardless of what age you were, he's... To me, the greatest of all time and just, you know, yeah. it's just the whole story of all that, right? I think the way that they crafted this together is amazing. I think the footage that they got, um, a lot of it has never been seen before, which is great. They put this stuff together. They, they were sitting on this footage apparently for almost a decade. They were ready to put something out about this over a decade ago until he finally said, uh, okay, we can use this again. And so much of this footage, whether it's interviews with him, which is, oh, he almost never does interviews, even at the time, he almost never did interviews when he was playing. Um, I just think The Last Dance, if you are, if you even have a minor interest in sports, I think this is guaranteed viewing. I think you have to watch this show. I think you have to sit there and watch it. If it's not for you after the first maybe two episodes, I would be very surprised. I think this is like one of the best shows I have ever seen. The fact that it's a documentary and you can just see how amazing all these athletes, coaches, families are just increases it for me. So it's the last dance. That's my number one. And, and it was never choice. even a question. Like the Mandalorian, honestly, never even came close to this. That's how far ahead this show is for me. This oh, year. Wow. So, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched it and, and, you know, if it didn't come out this year, obviously the Mandalorian would be number one. I don't think there'd be any way I could question that, but this show is, is the best 10 hours of sports I've seen well, Dave, that is a good segue into my number one, because Uh-oh. I have a feeling if you watched my number one, it would be competing with The Last Dance. Okay. And that's because my number one is a show that is from one of your favorite creators, I believe. Oh, no. From, no oh, no. Yeah, from <laughs> oh, Alex, no. Alex Garland, the director yeah. of Ex Machina and Annihilation, two movies that you loved. It's the FX show Devs. This is your station. But what am I actually doing here? I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. You're going to figure it out. And then he disappears. Something bad happened to him. You know what happened to him. If you came for answers, ask me what you don't know. What is Devs? Devs is the best science fiction tv show ever made um not afraid to say that because it's true and it it is mind-bending you will be thinking about it for weeks i know i have been maybe even years like the 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 ideas that introduce and flushes out and 
also the just the story it tells and oh my god it is insane how good this show is you guys have to watch it everyone that's listening has to watch it it's incredible it's like this is even on tv like this is a movie guy and but i think you know these ideas determinism and are we living in a simulation i don't want to say too much but like what are big tech companies doing that we don't know about right like these people that have more money than God and what are they working on and what could they possibly do and quantum computing and all these fringe, um, fringe concepts and ideas concepts and that yeah. are science fiction, but you know, they're, they're on the border of reality right now. And my God, it's just, I've been thinking about it ever since I watched it. And the reason why it sort of tops Mandalorian is because like, a, like this movie challenges you and makes you think and, stays with you or Mandalorian is popcorn fun and comfort, you know, back, food. comfort food and back in my day and really really good popcorn and comfort food but devs is something that I just can't get out of my my brain I just absolutely cannot and I honestly think that it's maybe the best show I've ever seen honestly it's that Jeez, good it's insane it is that's so kind of how uh, I felt about Mr. Robot I mentioned on a previous episode when when I finally got around to that I couldn't believe sort of start to finish how just like incredible that show is yeah and actually if, uh, well i don't know if you guys have got something else to say about devs um Dave. no I, uh, we haven't seen it i, I, I haven't just, seen devs but yeah. uh definitely intrigued now that you check it out man check it so out highly. i heard so many good things i just i currently don't have a way to watch it as much you, you have to have fx which is really it's annoying in canada fx you can only get it like if you get it through cable i think yeah so um, yeah, you know, you said Mr. Robot. I finished Mr. Robot season four this year, and Mr. Robot is also an excellent show. Almost made my list. I think the only problem with Mr. Robot is that this was the fourth season this year, whereas the first season is like was much better. Uh, much. I would agree with you. The the first so, season is the best of the four seasons. Yeah, and I wasn't even show. considering it as a 2020 show to be honest, because I was that late to it that I right. I sort of started binging it in 2020. Um, so yeah, I, I, maybe it would have made my list, but the it's fourth season is good. the weakest out of the four. Yeah, yeah, I mm. agree, I agree. It's still very good, but I think devs. I hope it stops at one season because that's one standalone season. It really could be something special, like if they don't go back and, which I don't think they are planning to do. So from what I yeah, from what I remember reading that that it, uh, that it's a one and done thing. Sort of like Dave, you would love it. Like you love Annihilation, right? What it was your movie? It's movie like one of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. Yeah, this it's, this is it, that movie show. shot so far up my list when I watched yeah. it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's and the show is shot in the same kind of way as Annihilation, like the same moodiness and uh-huh. score. It's awesome, man. <laughs> All right, so my list check is it out. You nullified. Check it out. Then my list doesn't doesn't add up. Then no, no, no. We said you know it's incomplete sampling. We haven't seen everything. True. True. And this is our chance to sort of recommend things to each other. So um, yeah. You know, um, any any really it. quick uh, any really quick shout outs that you guys might have missed? Yeah, I have last, I have one, one, but I'll go yeah. with my last one. Just almost in my list, and no cartoons been made my list, but I think the best cartoon, if there's like a category, would be the Harley Quinn. Um, DC. Another thing show. I still need to watch. Yeah, so, so good, good so good, so God. good. Yeah. Um, mine is uh, it, it's a really it, it, and not all and only because not all the episodes are. are my cup of tea just because of the music that it covers but song exploder is a show on netflix that has a guy who interviews an artist that or artists or a band that will break down what that's the song that they choose from that artist like one iconic song pretty much from that artist that how they made the song why they made it what it means to them 
they isolate parts of the song of the tracks. Like you'll just listen to the audio, uh, the vocals, or you'll just listen to the background horns or something like that. And they sort of really like break it down in a, in a 20 minute episode. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's really cool. Even if you don't love all the music like I do on there, but uh, they have a really, really great episode uh, about losing my religion, which is one of my favorite songs. So that sold me on that show in itself. But uh, yeah, it's cool. If you like music and you find that sort of stuff interesting, Song Exploder is really cool and it's on Netflix. So that would be the only one that we haven't mentioned yet that would be on my list. Okay, so speaking of not rushing out to go anywhere to watch anything, uh, movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of that. What, a, what um, a tough one to cover for 2020. It is, what is the difference between movies and television shows these days, right? Like you're watching them uh, on the same screen. It just feels so... Seriously, right? So Unfortunately, so many of these movies that we're probably going to talk about were meant for the big screen as well. So um, so I'm going to start with mine, which was which could be a big screen movie, but doesn't have to be. My number five is uh, Borat, subsequent movie film. <laughs> It made the list. It made the list. Nice. Man, I was so surprised by this movie. I was like, I, like a lot of people, like you don't need another one. I get it. I get it. You know, like it's Borat. It's, it's LEG. It's, you know, all that. Like, it's fine. I get it. But this one leans is, into the fact that he's like a household name now, you know? Well, that, that is the first like 20 minutes, basically. First half hour and almost the gist of, it kind of loops around back to that again. But just every, but the in-between parts, like it's, it's much more, the movie means much more in some ways that you don't expect than the first one did. I think this is like a hundred percent better than the first movie. I think this movie is hilarious uh, as it should be, but you know, he's touching on things that I don't know if they're just, it's just perfect timing, but, uh, and maybe I was just surprised and expected nothing out of this movie, but I loved it. So uh, the second Borat movie is my number five, which is enough of a surprise to me. Great choice, man. Great choice. Yeah. Good choice. I'm glad. I think, Mike, I think you watched it and you're like, you got to watch this movie. I go, ah, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then like Probably a couple days later I did. So <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, yeah. go ahead and uh, say my number five is the five bloods, Ooh, uh, which yeah. is a Spike Lee joint and a uh, great cast. Um, just really well-made movie. And uh, again, my list is, uh, as you start to, to dive into it, it's pretty obvious that I didn't watch too many 2020 films this year. But at the same time, this definitely deserves to be on there. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. And it has such a great cast. And then, of course, there's, a, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman's in it as well, Storm and Norman. Yeah. So, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick. I mean, it's always good to see him. And we're not going to really get to see much more from him. So. You know, yeah, anyways, we lost the king in 2020. We, we lost, lost the king. king. So Rest in power. To, to That's it. Yeah, great movie, man. The five episodes was awesome. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, what about you, Mike? My number five. So I have a confession to make, guys. And my confession is I really am a sucker for Christmas movies. <laughs> oh, I love oh my God. Christmas movies. No way. This is on your yeah. list, this movie? So Wait, are you putting f- a two-star film into your five top five? No, 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 no. My number five. This is is every a- Hallmark movie out in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched a lot of those this year, and none of them made my list. Spoiler alert! But, no, but uh, they this- all did collectively. They added up. Yeah, to number five. Yeah. <laughs> you add all you two star five, movies. Star yeah, yeah. So uh, it's very rare for me when a Christmas movie is an instant classic, right? So I have the classics that I watch every year. This is movies like Elf, right? That was the most recent one. That's an instant classic. Then there's the other classics like. Home Alone and Christmas Vacation, you know, they all feel so old in Gremlins. So it's very rare when one comes along and there's always been every now and then a good Christmas movie, but for one that's I'm calling a classic, 
is rare, right? So this year, I believe a classic Christmas movie came around that I'm going to rewatch almost every year. And that is Happiest Season on uh, Amazon Prime Christmas movie. And actually, um, so if you know I love Christmas movies, the other thing that you need to know is that Meet the Parents is like my my favorite comedy of all time, like I'm right up there. And this is basically Meet the Parents at Christmas. This at is Christmas? What, that's the it movie. It is. It is kind that's of that. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Dan Levy is in it and he absolutely crushes it. He had me howling. It's hilarious. Um, you know, this is a small spin on Meet the Parents because it's uh, it's like a lesbian couple going home for Christmas. And the one girl has yet to come out to her family, but she like hasn't told her her partner. So it's like, it's got that extra spin to doing something different than Meet the Parents, not just Meet the Parents at Christmas. It's got this other like angle mm-hmm. that leads to all this hilarity. And it's, it's so funny, man. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, definitely check out Happiest uh, Season. If yeah, not just for Dan Levy. Yeah, yeah it's, Stewart, it's very good. It's my newfound uh, appreciation for Dan Levy because of uh, Shit's Creek. I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah, yeah he doesn't play a super different character, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but he's, to me, I, I agree. He's the standout of the, of the movie. I think in a comedy, lot, a great cast too. It's a great I cast. I think in yeah, comedy, cast. it's more acceptable to kind of just play an exaggerated version of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but it also works. I think comic. it also works in this movie too. I think it makes sense. I don't think he needed to be some different character so it was perfect casting right it was perfect yeah casting. i agree casting. great yeah, movie always... man. mike i i love that movie it was hilarious I yeah it was, it was great so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to yeah maybe i'll watch it again next year and maybe it'll be in the rotation again do it i, really I think like it's it. gonna i honestly think it'll be a new a new christmas classic i'm calling it a bit now a bit early but i think it could be one of those right. that grows that's on tv you know in the future for our kids and stuff so that's that's what i think all right if amazon nice. lets their movies go on tv who knows but nice nice okay so my number four is I, I'm just guessing because I just found it in passing. Um, I'm guessing that not a ton of people have seen it. I don't think you guys have either. But again, we haven't, we haven't talked about our lists, which we didn't mention before. These are all surprises to us. So my number four uh, is Belushi. So it's about it's about Belushi and, and him uh, sort of rising to stardom and everything. It's a documentary that is not narrated. It's all from interviews. All the clips are from interviews. And... Um, it's basically just about his life. It's and actually, it does life. have his, I watched it, it does have his letters and uh, Bill yeah. Hader is the voice who reads his letters. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. as much wish... narration as you get. Yeah. Oh, so you did watch it? Yeah, really good. Yeah, I, I, it was great. I mean, I'm like, oh, John Belushi has a, there's a documentary about him? Yeah, I'm going to watch this. Um, I, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was like, I don't know what it was. I don't know what about these documentaries this year, like between this and Last Dance. Um, I don't know. He, he's not like my favorite comedian of all time. So it had nothing to do with that kind of thing. There's no like huge bias there or anything, which is kind of why I was surprised, but uh, I just loved it. I, I watched it one night, I think just randomly on, on our computer in bed, which is like, you know, not what <laughs> filmmakers want to hear, but um, you didn't and then go a few to days IMAX later screening for that. They, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they want the IMAX for the, for that with all the old footage from the seventies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then a few days later I, I recommended it to my dad and my, and my mom and they're like, sure. Yeah, we'll watch it. And then I watched it again, like two, three days later and loved it just as much. Um, nice. And, and to me, one of the best parts, Mike, I don't know if you agree since you saw it is the animation that they did, the sort of like cartoon animation, right? Like uh, depictions of when he was younger and a couple of like later in the, for some reason that was like, it looked so amazing to me. It was like a really cool animation style that I thought was completely not needed, but I don't know. I just really loved the way that it looked. So Yeah, it's a great movie. And what it did for me was it reminded me 
um, of the band. Like the Blues Brothers is a yeah. movie, but actually in real life, Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi were actually a blues, but there was a real band that would play shows and stuff like that and had the yeah. albums. And so it got me really back into their music. And I've been playing their music for my daughter, like nonstop. And she loves the Blues Brothers, like her favorite music. It's so, so easy to dance to. It's, it's perfect. It's so good. She loves Rubber Biscuit. It's her favorite song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that yes. Great, That's awesome. <laughs> They're so catchy and stuff. Yeah, because they took it seriously. Like, like their idea was to be a band. It wasn't to make a funny movie. It wasn't to be... Coneheads, you know, um, musicians like all like yeah in their band like they were like a really good band that would play actual. You listen like, to it; gigs, it's fantastic so. music. And Belushi yeah. was a great singer. Surprisingly, yeah. like, he actually was. Yeah. So, so if yeah, so if you yes. if you're at any if you're just like an SNL fan at all, and especially from the original mm-hmm. days, like it's it's worth a watch that movie too. So uh, yeah, Belushi's my number four. Very surprising one. Um, Ian, what about you? Um, all right, so this one it's uh, again. Looking at my list, not too many to choose from in terms of what I've seen from 2020, but this was definitely the first, uh, I think one of the only blockbusters to have an actual theatrical run. So it came in January 2020, Bad Boys for Life. Oh, <laughs> um, it did make the list. It made the <laughs> list. Hilarious. I'll tell you why. It's not my favorite of the Bad Boys films by far. It doesn't, doesn't really hold a candle to uh, Bad Boys 2. But it still is sort of that nostalgic Will Smith and Martin Lawrence combo. Um, there's a lot to like about the film, despite its many flaws. It still was an entertaining piece of uh, blockbuster cinema that uh, I guess we we got to enjoy sort of uh, a year ago. You know, not 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 <laughs> yeah, t- not tied to the small screen, if that makes sense. But. Uh, there's, there's one other on my list that uh, I also got to enjoy on the big screen. I'll, I'll talk about Ooh. that one after. But Bad Boys for Life definitely makes the list. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think that was the highest grossing movie in the cinemas of 2020. Probably. So I, yeah. <laughs> no, it actually was. In North America, at least. Yeah, I think, no right? yeah. Yeah. And it's a January blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, January blockbuster. Are you kidding? Like... <laughs> all right. All right. I'll do my number four. My number four is uh, The Invisible Man. He said that wherever I went, he would find me. Walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Adrian is dead. He's not dead. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Sorry, Elizabeth Moss. So just came out of came out of nowhere for me. I'm not really a fan of the Universal Monsters and the old old movies, but I saw this movie and it was legit terrifying. It's like a science fiction horror. I love science fiction. Obviously, I've said that a lot this episode. I uh, look over my shoulder for the yeah. audio listeners. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. Yeah, another great science fiction. Could could argue it's a science fiction horror movie. Oh, as it's well, definitely a horror. One. Sure, so, yeah, yeah this, especially that if, first one. Yeah, Invisible Man, really, really good. Really good take on the in character who is just basically, you know, invisible person. But it's actually really scary if done right. And uh, the one I remember from the '90s is like Hollow Man. It was like a terrible version. Yeah, of yeah. Man. honestly, <laughs> so, yeah. maybe a terrible version, but I, that movie had its day. Like, yeah, Kevin Bacon this is a much, much better. Show. And it's, I think it's like Blumhouse, like low budget, but really well done. And sometimes they just make it, these like excellent movies that come out of nowhere. So, very, well, very once upon movie. a time, it was supposed to be a part of that sort of uh, Universal Monsters extended universe, right? It like, was, yeah. Bef- the dark before universe. the mummy crashed yeah. and burned. <laughs> yeah, before well, Tom Cruise's one... mummy failed. Yeah, this is actually a good one. Like they could they could have built a franchise around this one, but yeah, I really really want to see this. This it sounds like it's it's great. I don't know why I never got around to it. It's been it's on Amazon a year. It's good. 
Yeah, Amazon or, or, or something. Yeah, I've, I've, I have it queued up, but I never hit play. So yeah, you'll um, like it. It's really good. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I like those thrillers. So, okay. So my number three is uh, also somewhat recent and uh, it's hard for me not to pick one of these movies to go on a list when it comes out. Um, I guess there was two this year, but this one jumped ahead of the other one. It's Soul. Number three is Soul. Pixar. We love Pixar. Yeah, it's Pixar. Place. We love Pixar. And there was two Pixar movies this year. And yep. uh, Onward was great. And we talked about it a decent amount. But uh, Soul was a little bit, there's a little bit more to it, I think. I think there's a lot of heartfelt, a lot of feeling and all that in Onward. But Soul felt like the most adult yeah. movie that they've ever made, I think. Agreed. I, well, I think you're right. I think that out of all the Pixar movies, you could argue it's one that's definitely, it's not even a kid's movie. No, and there's so many. the The dialogue doesn't necessarily make it that way. It would be. It's kind of actually hard to follow in some in some points. The concepts that they have, which I think is great. I love what they did with it and everything. Uh, it looks fantastic. The acting is great. I didn't love that it turned into 22's movie a little bit more. I didn't. I didn't love that part of it. I wish it was. It was about. I wish it was less about her learning the lesson towards the end but i still but think it's again, interesting point that you make and and definitely i can see that side but you have to also remember he's a teacher right yes so exactly which ends up being his, his arc, thing yeah exactly is like he his needs spark to kind that's of, what it is i said thing but his spark yeah yeah like part of the whole thing to with soul is that he needs to to get past the you know his his overall ambition and see like the difference that he's making in the world. And that, that comes through in his teaching. Right? So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Exactly. And, and yeah, I just, I really love the concepts. I really love the animation in it as always. Um, I think that the, the, uh, the before and afterlife characters are hilarious. I think they're, they, they play them, they play them so straight, but they also don't take them that seriously, which is, which is great. So I mm. love the way they handle those ideas. Um, so yeah, soul is my number three. I'm not yes. too surprised that it's on my list. I was surprised as to what the movie was, I think, but I'm not surprised that it made my list. So, yeah. Oh, it was very well made. Very yeah. well made. And it's funny that you mentioned Soul because my number three is Onward, oh. <laughs> which is also a Pixar <laughs> film. And, uh, you know, it's got the fantasy theme. It's right on my alley. It's honestly, it's probably not as good as I hoped it would be, mm -hmm. uh, but it still was a pretty entertaining adventure. You know, two Alvin brothers, embarking on a quest to bring their father back for one day. And it was uh, Tom Holland and what, Chris, Chris Pratt? Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to like about that that film. And I thought the animation was really well done as, you know, as can be expected from, from Pixar. But just uh, I liked it, the world that they created that is kind of like this modern take on a, a fantasy world. So on my letterbox, if anyone wants to follow my letterbox, it's Max, Max R Power. But um, I rank my top yep. 10 and both Soul and um, Onward were in my top 10, but now my top five. So they're both ah. good movies. Yeah, I like them both. Nice. Okay. And good Pixar connection. All right. So my number three is another surprise, surprise science fiction movie, a little indie darling called The Vast of Nights. And I believe me and Dave talked about this a lot in an episode. We might have like, reviewed the whole thing. Yeah, like almost a year ago probably that was yeah that one came out a long time ago really stuck with me really like a old-timey uh twilight zone sort of feely feeling kind of movie and uh but did a lot with a, with a low budget and just it just proves that you can make good good science fiction uh, on a low budget and I, I like that and i think it was mostly you know through the dialogue and through the through like 
tricks of the camera and the sound and you know what I mean? It didn't have big flashy computer animation or anything, but still gave you that like science fiction vibes and wonder. So yep. really like the vast of night recommend checking that one out. If you like science fiction. So that's my number three. And cool. all those reasons are why it's my number two. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Number please. Yeah, and there's all, and the only reason why I like it so much because it's all about dialogue and because they ramp up tension with sound, like you said, and certain ways of, of shots, like long shots, like long, long takes. Yeah, which long again takes. we talked about, like the way that they get you into the concept of the movie is like a 12 minute shot of a of a girl working uh, a phone board, switchboard, yeah, and a switchboard, switchboard. That and then just in that scene, just in her talking to people that you can't even see, switching calls, that's what brings you into the movie. And that's like one of my favorite scenes that I've seen in a movie all year is just that scene. And it's just her. And it's like a close up of her shot. You're like mm. a foot away from her face almost the entire time. The only reason why it's not number one is I didn't love the last five minutes. I didn't love where they f- decided to end it. I don't think they needed to go to that point. I'm not going to spoil it if people haven't seen it but everything else before that is some of my favorite stuff in the last couple of years i love this movie i think it was great so i'm intrigued now i'm definitely gonna yeah it's it's on amazon it's it's easy to find so it's uh it's great so that's why it's my number two and and speaking of threes and twos now we're gonna head into another pixar classic soul there we go (laughs) (laughs) nice my number two is soul i definitely enjoyed it more so than i enjoyed onward uh, but both are, you know, they deserve, they're deserving of the Pixar uh, name, right? Um, Soul, but like we had mentioned, it does feel like the first time they've solely, appro- solely approached. Uh, yeah, no pun intended. The, like sort of uh, the adult it? themes without, <laughs> like adult themes without feeling like they needed to pepper in like stuff for, for the younger audience. Like I feel like, Yes, you can definitely watch this as a family. It's a family film, but I don't. I do think it is geared more towards the adult than than the child, and that's probably the first time that that was the focus in a Pixar film. Yeah, and I'll say and, it's smart because, like, think about everyone who grew up with speaking of yeah. our 1995 movies that we did. Everyone that grew up loving right, the original uh, Toy Story. The original Toy Story is now adults, right? So yeah. now you're making that's your audience. Not like no. that's part of your audience, you know. You it's good, and 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 you know, given the subject matter, um, you can maybe understand why it maybe is not the funniest. Like I wouldn't put it in the same league as Monsters Inc. When it comes to comedy and humor, it's definitely not the funniest of the Pixar films. But it it does hit home with its heart and its message, and the fact that you know it's interesting this sort of idea of your spark and finding your calling in the universe. And I feel like from what I gather from what people liked and didn't like about the film is it's almost like the message is lost on certain people, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like I got the message, but um, I think the, the, the movie is supposed to be reaching those who maybe don't get the message. And that's kind of ironic, right? It's like, it's trying to find, it's trying to find a target that those people just won't, be interested in this film so it's like yeah sure you know what i mean it's somewhat of a different audience yeah but i, yeah. I think like 
you mentioned Monsters Inc. It's the same guy that that directed Monsters Inc. It's the it same is. guy that He's directed a lot of the Wally, classics, yeah. Inside Out. Like it's just up. He like, knows how to tug at your heartstrings. Doctor's yeah. unreal, unreal. Yeah. This guy's got yeah. Pete Doctor saw, knows how to tug at the heartstrings. Seriously, I saw a great quote, and it was like Pixar when it started. Oh, these funny toys that talk uh, when you're not around, like Pixar now. Like, what is it to live and what happens when you die? It's like they're all having midlife crises, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're at that like, age too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I know you guys said it's mostly, you know, it's the more adult Pixar. Right? That's exactly what I thought watching it. Because, like, as a as a father now, like when I watch these PG movies, like I'm always watching them through the lens of like, oh, when can I show this one to my 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 kid or like, my daughter? And it's like with Soul, it was really hard. It was like, oh man, I wouldn't like show this to her. Like, she's only. Yeah, you almost want to like too, go in anytime order with soon. The Pixar films yeah, and it, we'll get there. We'll get to that. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. So, but it is still a good movie, and I just think it's not for little kids, little little kids. Yeah, um, yeah. Or sure. maybe it would just go all right over their head, and they love the animation, and the colors, right? You never. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. yeah. I mean, know, that's but. true. Yeah, they don't have to get every last little concept, which yeah, they probably I don't want, for a lot of their movies. Want them to, you know, because it's a bit deep. But um, all right, so my number. I'm two. excited now to hear what this number mm-hmm. two is. My be. number two is Tenet. Oh, yeah. Uh, love Tenet. Love Chris Nolan. Um, I don't know what I can say about it. I wish I saw an IMAX. I wish, 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 wish I saw an IMAX. It might have been number one if I saw an IMAX. I think this is like I, my little review I wrote on my letterbox was um, Memento and Inception meet James Bond, right? It's right. Like his spy yeah. movie. It's his James Bond movie. Yeah. His script and his writing actually embarrasses a lot of the James Bond movies. It's so good. It's so good. It's so like. It's like the crazy stuff that happens in the James Bond movie happens in this movie, but it's even crazier, but then it's explained better. And it's like in the reality of the, if you buy the concept, which, you know, obviously it's not realistic. It can't actually happen, but if you buy into it and just say like, this is in this universe, this is how time and works. And, and then it, it like, it goes there and you buy into it. And like, that's sort of how it would happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, it's really good. It's really cool. And I found it to be, in line with the inception in that it leaves you thinking afterwards it leaves yes. you kind of totally wanting does. to yeah. revisit yeah. it and figure out if you can unlock sort of yeah secrets, rewards the multiple within. viewings and you kind of trying to find like you're trying to find the like slip up of like oh no this doesn't make sense continuity right like the viewers like trying to find it, it also makes you really work to understand it so like you like we watched it uh yeah the dialogue, think, with subtitles on just so we could like really take in what they were saying well, that's not a bad idea for this movie yeah yeah and despite how you feel about nolan really kind of championing for this to be a theatrical release in a time where maybe it's not the best idea to be going out to the theater i mean if you can kind of step aside from that and just understand that i think watching it you understand why he intends for his films to be viewed on the big screen he really does create his masterpieces, if you will, um, to be enjoyed on like an IMAX Yeah, uh, with the sound. Screen. Yeah, yeah big sound, big experience, right? So, yeah, um, yeah uh, that's a great choice. Yeah, number two. Yeah. I just watched it a couple of days ago, and um, I mean, I watched it on a TV, but it wasn't like I watched it on some massive screen or whatever. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought that... Uh, for me, like I think is a great movie, and I think it definitely. But to me, it doesn't reward. To me, the, my problem with it, it doesn't reward. It doesn't feel like it rewards multiple viewings. It's necessary, and yeah. to me, it feels like. I, I I think the concept is great. I bought into it, and I love the concept. Hmm. But even a two and a half hour movie didn't seem like enough time to explain what the fuck was going on in this movie. 
So yeah. that's, that was my problem with it is that, you know, I, I, it's fine to be a one and done movie. I don't want to see like multiple ones. It's I, the way they ended it. I thought was great. I think, you know, just leave it a little bit open, have a little bit of questions to yourself. I think that's a great idea. But I just, yeah, just just like how you probably wouldn't need to see a sequel to Inception, right? There's exactly, a exactly. Great world building, hundred percent. But it leaves a lot to the imagination that you don't necessarily need to see played out. Exactly uh, on the big screen. Yeah, I agree. But uh, so. I'm just going to jump the gun and go ahead and say that it is my number one. Ten ah, uh, is is right. my favorite movie of 2020, and I think it uh, was a disservice that we weren't able to enjoy it. I mean, obviously it's circumstantial, but um, I will say. That despite that, I was gifted um, a viewing of this for my birthday. So we actually went to the drive-in theater to enjoy it. Oh, which I cool. thought was a really fun experience. Nice. I mean, it wasn't quite IMAX, but it still gave it a unique uh, viewing experience rather than just say watching it in our living room. You got the large, you and, got the really large screen. That yeah, helps. And, yeah, and it was like it was kind of one of those uh, you know experiences that I'll take with me. Uh, you know, that's cool. Older that's a really like good that. idea. Nice. So yeah, Tenet, um, in the same way that the, the word is a, the title of the film is a palindrome. Uh, like Mike said, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of memento kind of, uh, another Christopher Nolan film. There's a lot of that, uh, style, um, present here, but it just on a much bigger scale. Um, it's just a really kind of beautifully shot film. All of the performances were amazing and uh, like Memento, it plays with time in a unique way where it's kind of like moving forward but backwards at the same time. And uh, it's, it's kind of really, uh, you have to see it to understand what's going on. But uh, yeah, and even then, yeah. you'll, be, you'll be left with questions for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I thought David, uh, is it David Washington? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and uh, well, what is it? Um, Robert Pattinson did, did really good jobs. And you know what? I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention... The villain played by Kenneth Branagh, I thought he crushed that role. Oh, like, yeah, I thought he completely transformed inside of that. That because I didn't even realize it was Kenneth Branagh until about it doesn't even through. seem like him at all. I, yeah, I was like questioning. I was like, this guy kind of looks like Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> but he's not really acting like Kenneth Branagh. If, if that makes sense, like he totally yeah. transformed. And that's a he's good an sign. actor. Good quality. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's a good quality from a villain. Like in a lot of respects, he's just like a mustache twirling villain. But sometimes you need like a single note villain if you have a lot going on inside of the plot and this and that. Yeah, I mean, he's single note, but two... they, they bring in other things as, as to his reasoning. I, I don't I don't buy into his reasoning all that much, I think is one of my problems with it and stuff too. I don't think it's a, again, nope. I don't think it's bad writing. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think movie. that's one of the things that I like about him is that like I it, you can't relate to him. But also, you know that there are people out there that are just as maniacal and just as like sort of uh, devoted to these weird like ideals. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, you could see totally... someone having the same idea as him for sure. I love it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's it's he's taking all the James Bond tropes, putting his spin on it, and the James Bond trope of like I'm gonna do something that ends the world, right? And but like, yeah, using time travel, right? Like that's so cool. That's that's such Chris Nolan. Like, yeah, and I definitely think it. they he watched a lot of James Bond and he, he took a lot of those things and he made them like elevated a lot of them you know, for his material. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. And I definitely think they hammered home the third act. I like that whole action sequence with like the things happening backwards and forwards and, and meeting simultaneously. Uh, I thought it was a really cool effect. So I thought just overall Tenet is one that I'll be circling back to. And it's definitely in my top 10 of Nolan films. I know that Mike had posted his, I think it's, Probably somewhere up in my top five Nolan films for sure. 
Yeah, I think I like um, The Dark Knight, Inception, and possibly Tenet. So, Ian, now I'd say you could decide who's who's number one. You want to you want to hear, but I guess I don't know. I I went first last time. Should Mike go first? I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, who's yeah. Number let's, one? let's yeah? hear from Mike first. Let's see cool. what it is. Okay. I All feel right. like mine's less exciting though. That's a problem. I don't know. You think? Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, let's just. Let's All right, go ahead, Mike. go ahead, go ahead, go we'll, ahead. We'll, we'll switch it up. Go ahead. Totally fair. All right. My number one movie of 2020 is Borat, subsequent movie film, <laughs> delivery wow. of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. How long must we be stuck in here? Well, don't know for sure till this COVID-19 thing passes. What is more dangerous, this uh, virus or the Democrat? Democrats. Democrats. This is supposed to be the doctors no. with delivery of the baby? Yes. The doctor waits for the baby to fall out, and you have two other doctors do this. Well, you don't One need in that. anus, no. one in mouth. What you have shown us and explained to us, we're sitting here like, what? Yeah. This you is, were this looking at this and thinking, what? Yeah. It's a lie. That's... It's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Over Tenet, though. Over Tenet, my favorite movie. Uh, it dropped on Amazon Prime. I watched it three times in the first 48 hours it came out. <laughs> Holy shit, I did was you obs- really? <laughs> yeah, I was obsessed with it. I am still obsessed with it. I, I, so just to- You must have been guys, bursting at the seams when Dave brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, want to, say, I didn't want to say anything. Um, I, so the Ali G show is like- one of my favorite shows of all time when I watched it. Oh, I love Ali G. Yeah, but I was never really into uh, Bruno or Borat the way that I was into Ali G. Oh, absolutely love Ali G. And he's just gotten funnier since then. And it's just my kind of humor. Like my exact, like hits, hits the exact note. Every single like minute of that show, I'm just dying laughing. I used to love it. Uh, the Ali G movie was bad, but the movies like Borat and Bruno, love them, but they were hilarious. No, not for everyone. But this one just hit like, it was such, I know you don't want a lot of like COVID um, things like COVID movies or whatever. Right. And this is like the only one that I could, that I think did like a really good job, like, cause it incorporated the pandemic. And also the thing I like about it, not to get too political, but the thing I like about it is, you know, uh, I think Sasha Baron Cohen said today that like, he wouldn't have made this movie if Trump wasn't president, that this movie right. is his silent protest. Right. So I'll just leave it as that. And like, that just, I just, I also love that about it. So I think well, it, it makes sense. I mean, you decide, okay, I've done this thing and now I like it. How, where can it really go from here? But then something so ridiculous as this past four years my, happens and all of a sudden you get inspiration for more content, right? My favorite thing about him is that he plays these characters and he gets these people, right, to fall into his trap where he's faking the interview, but he's really going after like uh, comedy content, right? And the first IG movie came out, the first IG show came out and everyone said he's never going to be able to do it again because everyone's not going to fall for this trick and go for an interview with this guy. Then he didn't tell anyone, he dropped the second season, right? He got, he did it again, right? And so, and then he came out with the show, This Is America. You know, after that, they said he's never going to do it again. If you guys have seen This Is America, yeah. I think uh, that movie, that show is so, so, so Especially good. This Is America, show. especially that one. Oh my God, that show is so <laughs> yeah. good. How could he go from this to be able How? to make this movie? I don't understand. Well, but how could he after duping everyone with his shtick in two LAG movies, do it again. Like make all new characters get people again, right? But but and then, that concept alone, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. he's been doing it for 20 years now. Exactly. Regardless and, and when, of the character. They keep yeah. saying he's not, and then 
And then he does Borat, and you think he's never going to do Borat again because it was such this huge hit. And he finds a way to do it again, right? He finds a way to make yeah. it make sense that he's dressed as Borat again, but then makes sense that he's dressed as different characters as Borat, right, dressed as right. different <laughs> character, like as Borat, dressed as different character, make it make sense that he can still dupe these people. And every scene is just hilarious. And it actually, it's better than the first one, like you said, Dave, because it's got more of a, like, you know, it's a silent protest, got more of like a, it, there's, there's more meaning to it. the stuff about and, him and his daughter like there, there's right. more to it, it dropped right before the election like i know this is a canadian show but it just it was it was oh, no, so, but still, so so good it was so good yeah. i loved it it's amazing yeah. it's so funny yeah and when i say like content that deals with the past year in particular i know it's inevitable that we're going to get that stuff i'm just in no rush to really see that kind of stuff but you're right this is kind of separate from that just because it's comedy and it's like yeah, the tom hanks cameo like everything was hilarious <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my god it was so good I have the i'm gonna watch it again i think i only watched it the one time and it was enough for me to like really yeah. latch onto it so man i'm surprised it's number one but that's awesome i was actually surprised that it didn't come anywhere else in your list so i thought it just wasn't on there so oh man yeah yours definitely more exciting than mine um okay so i will back everything that mike said about borat for sure and i absolutely love it but to me the best comedy that came out this year um was one that i watched way back and now it's available on amazon for at least in canada for everybody to watch is palm springs i thought this movie was just going to be yeah kind of goofy and okay and whatever and it is it is kind of that um but i found it to be absolutely hilarious kind of you know kind of smart pretty smart and it takes the groundhog day concept or idea of repeating your day over and over again um, does a sort of goofy twist on it and, and how it happens. It's just basically completely random. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and turns it into a little bit of a love story, a little bit of a lessons learned kind of thing. Um, Andy Samberg is hilarious. You know, he's, he's always great, I think, in, in almost everything he does. And yeah, I've, uh, I've really grown an appreciation for him with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's definitely more than what he was when he first started just doing YouTube videos, you know, (laughs) basically. And uh, yeah, I I think I find, I found this movie hilarious. I watched it a couple times at this point and um, it's not super surprising. It's not the most innovative movie in the world, but I had a blast with it. And I will, this is, this is like a movie for me that will end up being like, um, I think it's not, it's not going to be, to me, it's not as good, but it's, it's going to be like bridesmaids or it's going to be like, uh, uh, Wedding Crashers, which is my favorite comedy mm. ever, where it's going to be one of those ones that I'm going to watch every year, or every couple of years or something. I think it's going to be in that rotation. That's how much I really like it. And mm. um, to me, you guys are going to hate me for saying this, but to me, I think it's better than Groundhog Day. That's how much I like this oh. movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much you I like You know what? This. I will say that I, that's a, it's a great movie too. It's in my top 10. And uh, Wife Power would like that movie too. But the thing that struck me about it is that it starts off really funny, but then it it's really like Groundhog Day that it's really existential and dark. Like it yeah, didn't have yeah. that many really, really like gut bursting laughing moments like Borat. It was like, it was still really good, but more of a thinking man's comedy kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Like, and you're right. It, it turns much less, it's much less of a comedy in the second half for sure. Which is what happens in, in Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day. Awesome. It's like, it's a bit of a dark comedy, comedy, I guess. Yeah. Dark or, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And at the beginning it's, it's just like, Oh yeah, it's a little bit more slapstick. It's Oh, here's this goofy guy. And then you realize why he's the goofy guy. You realize why he's doing all this. And I just, to me, I like that. I like. And if you've seen um, like out of, like out, um, Andy Samberg's other movies, like Hot Rod and Popstar, you expect it to be like yes, 
just comedy the whole way through, right? Like you, I wasn't expecting this, so it catches you kind of off guard. Yeah, maybe, no. and maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the mm-hmm. of the expectation going in might be part of it. But um, mm. yeah, I was very surprised by it. I really, really loved it, and I good will choice. be watching this. Yeah, that's cool. Good choices all around. I've got guys. lots of good stuff to uh, to check out now. Yeah, sure. hopefully our listeners. Now that we've had this conversation. Yeah, I don't. Know. Were there any honorable or dishonorable mentions you might want to throw in there? Uh, Tenant was a was an honorable mention for me, just because it's just such a big thing you know i I, again i I said i said my my piece about it and stuff i don't i don't love it but i don't think it's a bad movie by any means at all right um and then it's not really a movie but it's also just the only opportunity i'm ever going to be able to watch this was hamilton as well okay um i don't know that's a quote-unquote movie but uh i didn't hear almost any of the music so going in it was almost completely fresh for me like 95 percent fresh which i think i'm in the same boat i'm gonna check it out soon it's good, man. It's it's totally. I was very surprised. I thought I was only gonna kind of like it, and I really, really enjoyed it. So it's mm. it's worth watching well, for sure. When we were discussing Soul, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the other blockbuster that dropped on Christmas Day, which is Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Which I think we've all sort of experienced in our own way. And wow, uh, wow. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I didn't see it. Like dishonorable mention in the, in the sense that it was disappointing. Right, yeah. but uh, I wouldn't call it a terrible film. I would just say that it didn't live up to any semblance of the expectations that we maybe had for a Wonder Woman film, especially when it had such an opportunity to be like that superhero film for 2020, like the one that kind of came out despite all the delays and everything else that everyone else is experiencing. This really could have been the movie to to be the highlight of the year, but it just fell short (laughs) yeah damn and that's why i didn't watch it is because i heard all of that about it i will get to it but i wasn't willing to spend the 30 35 dollars for me to sit there and watch it like it just wasn't worth it for me to to do that yeah what's sad about it is the wasted potential that's what's sad about it damn damn i really like that it's really actually bad but this was actually when we did our episode which is over a year ago now i think that we recorded or almost exactly Mm -hmm. a year ago that was my most that was my the movie i was excited for the most this year i was well, yeah. didn't even bother watching it like in the same respect that um it came out on christmas day the same day as soul it was actually supposed to share release date with ghostbusters afterlife so i was really like you know oh we God. were supposed to have this crazy weekend where if the both those back, movies were in theaters like yeah if you went back and looked at our looked at our most anticipated movies which we should do again for 2021 but if you went back and looked at our 20 or yeah 2020 most anticipated like barely any of them came out, right? No. Uh, <laughs> before we leave, I want to uh, suggest that we do our movie of the year as a podcast. Yeah. And so I think I think the two the front runners would be Soul or Tenant. Mm. So Ian had Tenant as one. I had it as two. You guys both had Soul pretty high, and I had Soul in like my top ten. So I would be okay with Soul. Uh, Soul, if you guys want to do Soul. Soul probably fits the back of my day theme in that we've covered all of the Pixar films. Pixar ones. Our, yeah, uh, that's true. I top. was going to say Soul or Borat. <laughs> but Ian didn't really have so Borat anywhere. Didn't so it, so. so <laughs> Tenet is my number one and Soul is my number two, whereas right. Borat, I mean, it's probably in the top ten somewhere, but I haven't really also gotten haven't seen down it too. that far. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I have seen it. Oh, you have we seen did it? See oh, it. Okay. oh yeah. I didn't really saw it. Oh, okay. I don't know. I my, my vote goes to Soul because I wasn't in love with Tenet and Soul to me is just... Yeah, so I think so. Let's say soul soul is the soul of uh, the soul of it. Yeah, and like you said, it's something we we have a a backing with Pixar, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I've I've said it a million times, and just such a sucker for those. 
Well, we just movies. did it, like Mike said, we did an episode covering 95, which is when Toy Story came out. So, I mean, we're yeah. we're clearly steeped yeah. in this. And this, I said it uh, in that episode, just franchise. like The Last Dance was my favorite TV show from this past year. Toy Story was no question my favorite movie from 95 and would be today. So there's something about the Pixar stuff that just like eats away at me in a good way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so even their all-time worst, like whatever's on our bottom of our lists for Pixar, is still like a decent movie, right? Yeah, so. Ooh, Cars it. three. Uh, yeah, car. Yeah, the Cars movie. No, sorry, Cars two. Cars two. Cars two. Yeah, cars two, cars yeah. Two. yeah, two. Yeah, I think it's two. Um, okay, well, so we have Soul as our favorite movie. We have uh, Mandalorian as our favorite TV show. And games will be up next. We have and a, it all tracks you know, when you consider what we talked about here on Back like, in My Day. Completely not predictable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, or it's completely well. predictable. It's like, wow, what a surprise, guys. What a surprise. Why did we even hit record? You know, we could have just picked it. <laughs> well, next time we'll just post it and you guys can look at it. That's and... it. You know what? Whatever. Just assume what we said is, you know what we're going to say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, Mike, where's everyone finding us before we get to our games for our next episode? Uh, day back in on social media and the podcast is called back in my day find it on your podcast app of choice excellent thank you very much everybody for listening thank gentlemen you. thank you for joining me and um we'll be back next time with our favorite games from the past year which could also be pretty interesting as well there's a lot of a lot of different things you could play so thanks for listening talk to everybody next time to make a contact with uh, my premier, Nazarbayev. I must inform him of some news. Okay. What do you want to say? Sup. S-U-P. <laughs> <laughs>